Hi, welcome to the Story Machine 9000, a podcast where we conceptualize movies based on the 48-hour concept. Uh, we build our stories based on four criteria, a genre, a line, a prop, and a location. It's kind of like a, that junk drawer that you have in your house, and on the rare occasion that you find four useful things and are able to reconstruct a dining room chair. I'm Joshua Lytle, a filmmaker and a storyteller. Hi, I'm Justin Tia, and I make websites by day and I dungeon master at nights. Hi, I'm Chad Dankard. I am an art director and filmmaker and also master bedtime story reader. Mm. Nice. Damn. I like the sounds of that. <laughs> wow. I mean, according to my two children. Yeah. Ah. Oh, shit. Um, hi, I am Aaron. I am a graphic designer. And one time I met Steven Tyler in a Victoria's Secret at Franklin Park Mall. True story. Huh. That's a weird combination. That's is, me. Is, That's is, me in a nutshell. Is it? Those that, are great qualifications. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, welcome to the show, everyone. I uh, think we cut right to the chase and uh, fire up the story machine. Whoa. That's... <laughs> Justin, would you mind cranking that wheel? Uh, sure. Damn. Ugh. <laughs> Feel free to use or not use those cards. <laughs> oh, the uh, the criteria is printing out right now. Okay, so uh, here comes the genre. Uh, looks like we have alien invasion. Uh, ugh, here's the prop. It's a little little floppy. It's a it's a floppy disk. The okay. line is hand me that dirty dancing VHS tape. You're welcome. I feel like we may need to explain the prop to. The a young. good 70% of the audience who has no idea what so a floppy like, disk is. And uh, the location is a diner. Can I say my feelings right off the bat? Sure. You can try. The fact that there's a Dirty Dancing VHS tape oh God. and a floppy disk, I think that that can kind of tell us what time it takes place in. Uh, and like, almost like, I'm almost thinking like Stranger Things-esque. Mm. I was say, even, even the uh, genre of alien invasion like leads right. to like it's a little bit of a 70s, 80s period piece. Stranger yeah. Things. <laughs> Still strange. All right. I kind of like where Aaron was going with it. I mean, I think it definitely lends itself to a, a period piece a la 80s or night, maybe not 80s, probably 90s. Early 90s. Early 90s. <laughs> like 91. Yeah. Um, so you got Alice in Chains, Stone Temple Pilots. Yep. Yeah. They're all going to be on the soundtrack. <laughs> yep. Perfect. I hope we can get them. Wow. Well, I think most of them are still alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe we should explain what a floppy disk is. It can't hurt. Informal poll. Who doesn't know what a floppy disk is? <laughs> I kind of forget that it actually... So as a floppy... Now that I'm kind of thinking about it, is floppy disks like the hard ones we had like at the beginning of college or they go back... Like Bo Both were technically yeah. considered. Yeah, okay. they were three and a half sizes. inch so floppy. We, so we do have hard. the time frame of like, yeah, going all the way back to like the Apple II or whatever it was. Right. Up to... I don't know, like 10 years ago? They're or? the one... Are they the ones that had the circle in the middle where when I would go like... like 
flipping them around on my hand, I get yelled at because that's where all the information was, was in that center ring. I think oh. that is correct. Like yes. I said, I think that, I think both of them count or like yeah. the three. The hard ones. They're actually, the ones you know, that were hard. The, yeah, ones, like the ones that AOL sent to everybody for like a good five year span. Yeah. And you could like shift the like metal part over and it would just bounce back. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Basically a cassette tape. That's kind of how they worked, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 1.5 megabytes. <laughs> Right. Massive amounts that, of that was all storage. of your like height, all of your college. <clears throat> yeah, my whole semester is on that <laughs> floppy disk. Okay, kids these days they don't know how easy they have it. So in the last episode, we we re- we yes. took a step in the right direction and tried to focus on a character first. All this stuff is really important because obviously we have to incorporate it somehow. But we really need to think about what who's our main character and then how they relate to all these elements. Yeah. So, main character. Yeah. It's hard not to think <laughs> little nerd like kid if it's set around an alien invasion floppy. I mean, <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it, my my brain went there, and then when I was thinking of the hallmarks that often come into these alien invasions, you have these quirky scientists who are like on the fringe. No one really knows who they are. And they, they may not be the main character, but they always play some sort of role. They might play that sage role that comes up in, in the, you know, the old hero's adventure, the person that helps guide them through their... So perhaps the main character could be like, I know you said kid, but maybe even like, like an 18-year-old, like fresh college student like, that's interning or working for this like old sage scientist, like maybe in a computer lab from the 90s, mind you. Um, so it's very, uh, dated and I really like, um, the past's interpretation of the future. Oh, right. So maybe we can play off of that there too. Um, the way you're describing that makes me think almost, um, what is the Fantasia with the brooms of like the old wizards, like the old way he's like, so his like master mentor guy is like, Hey, I'm going to step out for a while. Like don't mess with any of my stuff or. You know, just keep cleaning, but a kid instead he puts a floppy disk in, and you know maybe that's like what starts something like is to send a signal out to the aliens or. Okay, mm, interesting. interesting. I don't know if that's where, Chad. Was that where you were going with this sort of sage or mentor like figure? Not, not initially, but okay. I but I I kind of like how they they have a close tie in the beginning and like maybe mentor figure nice. parts in some okay. way to open it up. I do. I think that's an interesting spin on it. I was, I was initially thinking it could have been, he's the person that said main character finds or protagonist mm-hmm. finds oh. that helps him overcome the alien invasion of some sort. Okay, um, so I, I I like where you're going, Justin. So maybe it's a relationship between two characters. One is the sort of mentor character, and one is sort of wet behind the ears or sort of green, right? And they're. They're involved in some important research at uh, one of those radio telescopes. You know, it's those farms with those giant satellite dishes. And that's that's sort of our setting, right? So once upon a time, there was uh, these two scientists or a scientist and his lab assistant conducting important research at the – I need a name. SETI? Isn't yeah, that the radio. Yeah, it's, SETI's old enough. I mean, that's not terribly so. recent. It's got to be '90s yeah. at least, right? I mean, there was the <laughs> Jodie Foster flick. Right? Yeah, 
What contact? Yeah. Con- there you for, go. Can you explain for those who don't know? SETI in the audience. Okay. What's like SETI? It's a grid of those massive radio telescopes out in the desert somewhere, maybe New Mexico. I'm not sure. Okay. So essentially, they they can point them all in the same direction, which essentially creates a giant radio mm-hmm. telescope. Okay. And it's also an acronym. Yes, it stands for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Oh, perfect. Yep. I love it. Like, <laughs> it's because like when we're talking. Um, I was thinking, so, like, what if it is, like, so, like, it's the scientist guy's, like, research and, like, you know, the kid sees this cassette, that sees the, the I'm kind of getting a little bit of the, like, the details maybe, but he sees this floppy disk and it says, like, maybe it even says, like, aliens with, like, a question mark. And so he puts it in and accidentally, like, sends it out to space. And, like, I picture, I don't know why, it's like one of my favorite, like, sound effects is that, um evil drone robots from Star Wars like and so he's sending this out right and all of a sudden like he gets something back is like where like the movie kind of starts maybe or something and maybe it's a message along the lines of like we're coming to get you yeah (laughs) sorry sorry who's coming to get who (laughs) the aliens are coming like because they're invading got it that's our theme Mm. so like watch out so so just to catch up that disc is is what causes the alien invasion right right okay is that that was my understanding but yeah i mean that, that i think that's what you yeah were saying, like so right? like i would think maybe that the scientists maybe recorded it at some point maybe it is like a threatening message and so the kid ends up sending it back out and like again like we don't hear what it is but so like maybe maybe we get the message back we still know what it is but later point the doctor somehow transcribes with the scientist and like it says we are coming to like aaron's point and then like stuff gets real Gotcha. So it's sort of like an intergalactic you've got mail. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which causes problems. That's cool. Can we take it? Can we just for the sake of me off the record being a guest? I I, I like that we've sort of established these the two characters. Mm -hmm. Could we could we take a step back and say, like, what are what's the hallmark of our alien invasion? Perhaps like what are those things and, and steps that would have to happen in a in a typical one, maybe like what are yeah. bits and pieces of that, and then which ones do we want to do? Yeah. Maybe yeah. this is off the record. You can take it. No, off the no, record, no I think but... this. I think for me personally, this is what's kind of interesting about the podcast is, yeah, tripping through the process, right? Um, and so now you've got me thinking about every alien invasion movie mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Yeah, and it does start with some sort of communication. I'm gonna pull from something like Futurama where the uh, there was a show in the 90s that was being accidentally sort of telegraphed into space. Have you seen this one? Yeah, the, it's, the, the, like sure, like it's not Seinfeld or Friends. But no, like, it's, it's single, single female lawyer. It's like Ally McBeal. That's right. And the Omicronians really, really like the show, but it, it gets canceled. And so they invade Earth because they want to see how it ends. Yeah, because like to them, like right. it ended... Like it, to us, it ended like ten years ago, but it finally got to them. Yeah, yeah. It, it ended a thousand years ago. <laughs> right. So, so uh, there you go. Like one of the establishing things that there's always that yeah. communication that sort of first contact, first contact. Okay. All right, yeah, first contact. Um, um, another thing that always kind of makes those things kind of real um, is whenever you have like a newscaster or like radio announcer, like kind of discussing what's going on, like. 
not saying this in any order. This is just uh, like a, one of the beats is like, you know, you always have like, oh, they're, they're, they're invading this country or they're doing this. There's always some type of communication to the like the watcher, the viewer of what's going on like outside of their immediate area. Right. You mean there's there's like those hidden cues. Yeah. So like in signs, I'm thinking one of like whenever they have like the news, they have the news of their they're appearing in different areas and the ships are just hovering over cities or mm. you have the radio that's letting you know when it's safe mm. to come out. Right. Yeah. It, it, there's, there's like this natural scaling that happens, right? So <clears throat> you have first contact. First contact. Would you, would you, would you classify it as foreshadowing? Is that. So, yeah. So yeah, sort think, of pre invasion and then invasion. Right. Or at least in the invasion and in, in, in some instances it's like it happens in pockets and then scales to like global impact possibly so like would there be these like quote like, unquote warning signs and then like we're coming to get you and then another action i mean i know if i was going to invade <laughs> someone else i'd probably send a few like first people yeah you know hell yeah you know, scouting parties or whatnot. I feel like that's a mm. pretty solid, and I think it speaks to what Justin was saying in in regards to, you know, you have you have the first contact, which like incites the incident, and then you have these things that happen that, um, <clears throat> they cue in the protagonist, whether they know it's happening or not, until there's like the global scale that you can't ignore it. Like, okay. there's aliens sticking their fingers under the door of our house. <laughs> Thank God it was under the door. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the beginning. Okay, so how so so in reference to because um, I like your idea about just identifying the beats, right? Okay. So after first contact, what would our our second beat be? And then how many beats do we have? I mean, I think it's the that just like that rough arc there, right? So we so, so I mean, four I think beats. like I think four. I mean, okay. you could say it's the the three acts as well. But I think the the beginning becoming you're establishing, and then you have sort of the transition between them. So comparing those two is first contact our once upon a time, or is it our butt? Is it our inciting incident? I think it would be the butt. Okay, right? So. Maybe debatable. Well, so I mean, if you're doing like once upon a time, would be you know some guy, and you're like seeing him like pull up in his jalopy, and he's like kind of like that. I don't know, just the way I picture it is like that, 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 uh, could have been a pizza delivery guy, but he, he works at this like science lab, whatever. So he pulls in, he's all kind of like messy, his lab coat's not proper, or whatever. And he goes in and his scientist go- doctor guy has him like working on stuff. So that's the once upon a time. And then, you know, he's doing his job until, or I guess, but I guess now I'm doing it wrong because, because mine would go once until, but. Maybe there's less of a relationship between these two things yeah, than, there might than, be. than we led. Because he's doing yeah. his job until he puts in the CD, like and puts into the floppy disk, <laughs> and then oh, all hell broke. No, they can't afford like a CD player. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, that's very expensive. Not in even not even invented. Laserdisc, maybe. <laughs> maybe. What was that one that was in between? Um, those zip, zip discs. Oh yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Man. Mini disc. I had like, no, it was like no, the, zip disc. It was like a bigger. Oh yeah, yeah. Floppy yeah. disc. Spent. Hundreds of American dollars on those in college. Someone posted recently, like, that uh, their $10,000 one gigabyte external hard drive, you know, now is worth four cents on eBay. Okay, yeah, it, it may not map perfectly, Josh. Mm-hmm. So maybe they won't map to this. I was just trying to get us to the beats. Like, oh. what, are, what are the things that we think would be important to this story? Um, so maybe, maybe 
think less about beats and more about, like you were saying, sort of the hallmarks or sort of the the quintessential things that would normally happen in an invasion right. flick. And it might just be, we might have already said them, right? <clears throat> it could just be there's first contact, mm-hmm. which in our instance is, is the communication, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like a communication first contact and then there's um, those, yeah, isolated incidents that start to happen. And then there's like the mass invasion. And then for the most part, it seems like there's always the, uh, we we stumble upon their weakness. Yeah, like usually. A, it, well, it depends if we want them to win or not. Like, I mean, we want us to win or right. not, right? Yeah, so normally, you know, like with signs, it was water. With like Independence Day, it was like, I don't shoot that on their mothership. Right. Um, trying to think of other ones that happened, but there's always like something, or like War of the Worlds. Like we're just we have too much diseases for them. Yeah. Right. Right. There's always like something that wipes them out. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think those are I think those are solid yeah. like s- starts okay. to tell the story, and then deciding is that what do we want those in ours? I was gonna. I was also going to reference Mars Attacks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah. It, the, the the music yeah that, well who was it song. it was um it was like opera wasn't it no it was uh Danny Elfman no it was uh the Vegas guy I thought it was uh, Tom Jones oh I was thought it was it? was it was it Tom Jones he's in it isn't he I think so hang on um country singer Slim Whitman oh wait uh, <laughs> Slim <Sling> Whitman <laughs> his hit Indian Love Call no. Maybe. Yeah, which features some pretty incredible yodeling. Is also the song they use. Oh. They, it's also the song they played in Mars Attacks to Kill the Aliens. So Indian yodeling. Love Call is mm. the uh, okay. Tom Jones. No, but I, I mean, I, I do like it. I think I think those are like the good. Those are the the uh, like the table stakes. But then I think if if the rules, if you will, and now mm-hmm. they can be broken and adapted, right? Like, yeah, because this this is this is the part where understanding the genre allows you to sort of. Break it if you want to be different and right. unique. Yeah. Okay. So we have sort of our hallmarks or sort of our tropes. We have <laughs> kind of our once upon a time. We know it's two people who have yet to be identified. Their relationship is still a little bit nebulous. Working at, for our purposes, is going to be considered SETI mm-hmm. at a radio telescope. And let's talk about, let's, let's flesh out those two characters a little bit. Because mm-hmm. so yeah. far we've talked about the the junior of the two putting this floppy disk in the radio telescope that sends out this message, this sort of warning shot to the aliens. But what's his motive there? Is he just absent-minded? Is he... Right. So I liked where... I kind of liked where you're going, Justin, and it led me in a little bit of a different direction, but I'm curious what the group feels. So when you said he's like a... Could have been like a pizza delivery guy or something... You you took me in sort of a Doc Brown Marty McFly relationship, where you know the professor or whoever works at SETI, like he's the scientist, he's the genius, um, and for some reason he has this relationship with this kid that shows up every now and then and hangs out with him. Maybe the kid likes space. You know what I mean? And by kid, I mean some teenager, right? Maybe the kid <laughs> works at the diner, oh, right outside of mm-hmm. the facility, and it's the one place the the doc. Doc Brown character goes. So uh, that's it. So is that where the uh, the doc like drops his disc and the kid t- takes it home? Maybe. Oh, interesting. Oh. I oh go ahead. I sort of feel like 
there should be some sort of genius element about this kid because the the scientist isn't just going to bring anyone out. You know, oh, this kid works at the diner. He needs to have like some sort of like spark of of genius that the scientist realizes. And um, I think along with that, I feel like genius minds also have some sort of like, you know, a lot of geniuses like have addictions or like just a darker side to them sometimes. So maybe that darker side is what will cause him to like maybe defy the scientist and put the floppy disk. I don't know. So actually, I like where you're going with that. And maybe it's more the kid's a genius, like, you know, classic back then is like computer hacker. And maybe instead of actually inserting the disc, maybe instead he's like the one who deciphers what was on the message. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe they never put the disc in. It's just the doctor recorded and he's like, I don't some like space garbage. And the kid's like, I don't know. And like maybe or maybe the doctor knows it's something and he gives it to the kid and he deciphers it. And it's like we are we are coming and like, mm. you know, throughout the, the message. Oh, gotcha. So. It, like, a, like a goodwill hunting thing, like he like he. You know, he shows up, hangs out, solves mm-hmm. the riddle, solves the problem. Yeah, just that classic, like, I don't know if they had hot pockets back then, but that kid that just, like, you know, since his computer all day is a hacker-type <clears throat> guy who can figure out the the language. Yeah, and this isn't <clears throat> going along with us trying to figure out his character anymore, but um, what if, so after this kid, like, late night figures out what this message means, then all of a sudden the scientist, like, disappears. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and that could <clears throat> that could provide a really fun motive for our kid genius character to get his mentor back. Because yeah. yeah, event. I mean, so so and if, and I I realize that we'll eventually get there, but obviously we need to figure out what's at stake, right? So obviously, is it the planet or is it? It could be as something as simple. So it's not a a world invasion so much as it's a sort of an invasion in his personal reality and he's trying to uncover the or sort of demystify the the disappearance of his mentor figure yes yeah i mean and i like what you said about figuring out what's at stake and this is going to be really bad because i have the i i have notes but i don't remember where i quoted or cited them from so i'm saying that these are not fully my thoughts but i don't remember where i found them but essentially, it's the idea that there are that like there's always kind of three stakes, right? You have your external stakes, which cover like um, you have your medium rare stakes, <laughs> your, <laughs> right? Right. You know, like life, money, contests, stuff like that are external. Your internal ones are your emotional, like friendship, love, and everything. And then you have your um, uh, f- philosophical or yeah, your f- philosophical ones. You're like ideal versus self. And so, like, those three stakes, like, every person or character or thing can have an experience in a story. Um, And so I think you could have multiple of those things could happen via this relationship, which is kind of cool. So, so scientist, do we need it? We need a name for this guy. Sure. uh, I get really nervous there. Should he be foreign or, like, have a foreign sounding name? No, I only make white people movies <laughs> John <laughs> Smith yes <laughs> this is this, we're, we're, we're making movies great again Johnny uh, Apple Smith what if it's scientist. just like Mr. Olander Mr. Olander uh, okay Professor Olander yeah Professor sure. 
don't know. Is okay. there a difference? Like, so if you if you're a scientist or a scientist, are you not a professor? He could be a teacher as well. He could be a doctor or a doctor. Oh, doctor. Ooh, doctor. Doctor. Yeah. Doctor O. Doctor O. Doctor O. Doctor O. There what, you go. So um, the kid calls him Doctor O. Yes. What's the kid's name? You said Kid Genius earlier, and I feel like that might be the title of the Kid Genius. Kid Genius. I don't know. For some reason, that that all sounds like a DJ's name. DJ Kid Genius. <laughs> and for the record, no one said that it has to be a little boy genius. Oh. I mean, how many people have seen um, Halt and Catch Fire? Nope. No. So there's the, the the female character, Cameron. She's really wicked awesome at computer coding and stuff. But she's also very punk rock and stuff. Mm. Uh, so her name's June? June. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't picturing like a kid. I was picturing like a, I mean, college. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, teenage, teenage. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the diner doesn't hire kids, right? Right. Well, depending, right? So like at least sixteen plus. So yeah. it's like a seventeen-year-old. diner. Are we in like a small town? Where's this? What is it called? I want to say Sids. Seti. <laughs> Not Sids. Seti. S e t i. Um, it's out in the middle of. Desert right, so somewhere. we're in a small town. Yeah. So, you know, um, Kid Genius could be. I, th- I think Dr. O should refer to this kid as Kid Genius. Like, that's his little, like, pet name. Yo, Kid Genius. So don't touch my floppy disks. <laughs> All right. Yo, so, Kid Genius, hand me that dirty dancing VHS tape. So Dr. O is from Brooklyn? Oh, so, uh, <laughs> not to whatever, but, like, is the dirty dancing VHS tape, like, their weakness? Is that is that somehow going to tie mm-hmm. into... My mind immediately went there. As soon and as she I'm, said that. I'm, like, I'm trying real, real hard to figure something else out, but if all else fails. For now, let's put it it's there. It's that I song. Mean, what is, what is I, Dirty Dancing? I've had the time of my yes. life. Yeah. I've had the time of my life. Or Be My Baby, or She's Like the Wind. I can keep going if you oh, want. Wow. What's the one like they play like while they're dirty dancing? Like, What's the main the, song? The end song? Probably. Oh, yeah. What, I've had the is, time of my life. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Which I keep picturing Footloose. Is that not? Which, oh, it's in no. Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never I, seen either of those. I have. I would. I do. I would appreciate the juxtaposition between "I've had the time of my life" if it's like killing a- these aliens in some way, shape, or form, a la oh, yeah. the, uh, um, you know, Mars Attacks type of deal. But that's lifted straight from it. So maybe we'll come up with something else as we go. But right now, I love it. I think it'd be really fun. Is the yeah. is the twist that they they came in peace, and we, oh. and we were murdering them like as soon as they show up. <laughs> Like they were just coming home. Like maybe they're like coming home. They're like some like distant ancestor. That that would be a twist if I didn't think that's actually what would happen in real life. <laughs> we would just murder aliens, and they're just like coming in peace. It's just Vulcans. Just <laughs> they got pointy ears. Okay. Okay. Um. So we we've kind of identified this this sort of charming relationship between uh, our <clears throat> b- between Doctor O and June, our kid genius. Um. Dr. O frequents the diner because it's the only restaurant near the the uh, uh, the radio telescope. And he loves their French fries. And he loves their French fries. Yeah. Um, and he's neurotic, and he insists on getting uh, ketchup packets and not ketchup from the bottle. Yep. <laughs> I Perfect. love it. Yes. God, Maybe it speaks detail. to the character. Specifics. Yes. Specifics. All right. And so in June, I liked where you're going with not like the, the kid, the genius, but with 
what, what did what did you say? I'm looking back to you. I mean, I don't want to put words back out there, but you described June. Yeah, as, she so, has a character flaw. I think is what you were trying to. Get right. At, right. So she's super smart, right? She's a genius, but she lives in this small town and she's working at this diner, and there needs to be. I was just thinking that she had she does something or says something where Doctor O is like, "Hell mm-hmm. yeah, come work for me." Yeah. Okay. So, is it is it potentially that maybe you know she she has doesn't have the opportunity? She's sort of like I'm trapped here, mm-hmm. right? I'm just a diner, but she's really smart. She wants to do these things, which is he's kind of sees it in her. And oh, she's got it, a sick mom. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I, I was gonna. Right. I was gonna say that's 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 kind of fucking cute. So you know, the doctor comes to the doctor O comes to the diner, and she's doing her own research, and she's just kind of spilling her guts every time he comes in and says, "Oh my god, check it out! I found this new algorithm or this new thing or whatever." And she, one day she says something that really truly catches his ear because up until now he's he's sort of entertained her and sort of placated her, but. Eventually, she says something that really catches his attention, because I feel like we're I feel like we've got our wants. Yeah, I think we're there. And now I think we need to move on to our butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so we were trying to define. Oh, our butt. Our butt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, of, and and I've got a space here for our uh, for uh, our kid genius, her character flaw too. Mm. I mean, well, okay, so like, it, sorry, Justin, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, is the is the like sick mother not a flaw or? I I think when we if we bring it back to sort of those stakes, it can become one of her stakes. It could be her the internal relationship or her external stake, right? It could be. I think it would be an internal one. It's the, the relationship with her mother can become what's at stake for her. Like mm-hmm. I can't leave here because my mother holds me here, which is which creates a conflict because. There can be resentment there, right? Subtle. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I think that resentment plus the like her intelligence, she's just like frustrated and screaming and very, yeah, resentful and like maybe does hurtful things on purpose or like. Mm. I was going to ask if um, yeah, maybe frustrated, <laughs> or or is it is it that that um, that thing that happens where people use it as sort of a crutch, right? Like I'm super talented. Uh, I mean, I, not to come back to Goodwill Hunting, but it's the whole idea that part of the reason he never left is because he couldn't like leave his friends, mm. right? Or that was one of the reasons that it was that was safe. It's what he knew. It was. All these things. So to her, it's like you have all this opportunity, you you have all this talent, but I'm gonna rely on, I'm gonna use like, oh my sick sick mom, I can't leave here. I was gonna ask, like, is it is she is the mom so sick that she can't leave, or so sick that she like doesn't want to leave? I picture that she, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, has diabetes and like lost her feet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Wow! Off like, the record. I'm like, totally di- off the record. Yeah, like diabetes. That's fine. You could, like, you could, you could be by yourself. Like feet. God, shit. Oh. Oh, How is she gonna run from the aliens? I'm, I'm glad. I'm oh. glad Aaron didn't go for low hanging fruit like cancer. <laughs> right. Mom's got cancer. What it's real it? bad. No, <laughs> she, she's 
<laughs> she has diabetes. That's not bad. My mom has diabetes. Yeah. No, she doesn't have any feed. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't want to. I I want. I, I, I totally want to play the yes and, but <laughs> no, you can totally deny it. <laughs> I, that happens to me every day. I'm okay with it. I come up with a lot of bad ideas. But... No, no. I some something that just got said or the this this roundabout took me took me to. What if her mom has some sort of dementia or some sort of head tra- trauma thing, mental? Um, oh gosh, see, this is where this is where I'd be like, starting over, you know? Well, yeah. So like, but that you could link that back, right? So so if the mother has some sort of dementia or something like that, but it could be revealed later on that this was actually because she had first contact or something Ooh. with said. Right on. So, okay, so so we're making a connection between the illness, the aliens, her daughter, and the... Is the doctor still disappearing? I don't know. I mean, we can agree as a group that's off the... That's, off the, that's not in the cards. I, I think with the mom being somewhat interesting now, I don't know if the doctor needs to disappear. Maybe he just, like, goes to his lab and's not around. If we don't, if we don't want him around, or is like, I, I was just saying, like, you know, is because like, otherwise it's like a whole like side quest to find the doctor. Sure. So like, the mom has replaced the like personal stake stake rather than trying to find the scientist. Is that what we're saying? It could, or it just add it could add depth. Sorry. I just want to go like just uh, sorry with the dementia and the secret like she's had first contact. Is she just is she just fucking um, streaming um, Dirty Dancing? Like that's all she watches is like Dirty Dancing on replay, and that's how like it it comes. Oh, like she you know she's got like the the problem where she's just always watching Dirty Dancing, and like mm-hmm. it's the point where she's like annoyed of it. But at some point, that's how they figure they put two and two together. That song. Is what kills Ooh, the aliens. I like it. So it's the, it's it's super sad. It's fucking sad as hell. But it's the one thing that her mom will watch on a constant loop, and it's at just, home. And yeah. do you think like she'll try to turn it off, and her mom like flips out? Right, but it's rewinding. Mom, it's rewinding. <laughs> yes, they've got like three versions on like an extra VHS. Yes. <laughs> So they have a re- no. like a separate rewind- rewinder. You know how you would get those where you just rewound. Be- I was never that rich. Well, <laughs> well let me tell you. I guess we know one percent in this room. Yeah, I, I, I really, I love it. I mean, I think that's really cool. The idea that it's like in the film the whole time. It's part of the story. This, this, the mom watches Dirty Dancing yep. on loop, and you find at the end it's the the reason why, right? We still need to identify our butt, right? So we right. we've done we've done all of our once upon a time. We ha- we sort of set our stage. We've done all our expedition exposition. We have all of our characters mm-hmm. and kind of what they're about. I mean, so is it once upon a time? June, yada yada. She'd go off to college, but she has her sick mom. Like, am I just filling this in too much with that 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 board game we tried playing? I'm gonna figure out. Um, anyway, so. You know, but she, but she but she can't because her mom's sick, and that lasts until the doctor shows up, and somehow gives her the, the uh, disc, the floppy disk. Or am I just piecing this way too easily now? No, no. I mean, I think I think if let me just say again what you said, 
which might seem redundant and silly if we were running out of time. Um, so we start with June, and she's in her like normal routine. We establish her, works at the diner, people come in and out. We see that she has this home life. Mom, crazy, watches, you know, um, dirty dancing all day long. And we get that she's a genius, right? She's super smart, and we introduce Dr. O in some way, shape, or form, and they have a connection, they talk, and something like that. Um, and June wants out, but doesn't want out. It's kind of that kind of quirky relationship where she wants opportunities, but I can't leave because mom's here type of deal. Yeah, and it's really cool, and this is this is just totally anecdotal, but it's really cool because her mom is sort of the foil in the sense that she doesn't have all of her mental faculties, but on the other hand, June is this kid genius, and she gets really frustrated because why don't you just use your brain, mom? Yeah, I do, I, and I love that. And then so like maybe when it when we get this, Doctor O just maybe just invites her to like come out one day, come mm-hmm. check this out, and it's so it's it's innocent enough, but when she's there, she yeah she figures something out, or does she just take it? I does guess she, does she steal does she, like the disc? I, does the floppy disk have to be like the inciting incident or could it just be a prop that is needed at some point? In right. Time? Yeah. I mean, so I guess like in the end, like I, I would think that the, 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 the communication is on the floppy disk, whether or not she steals it or it's just used, I guess it just makes sense that maybe it's like, again, like I kind of went back to like, it's like aliens question mark. Like maybe that's how it's labeled. Right. And then, and then she somehow figures out what it's saying. Or it's that, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the thing that they need to like get and take with them. If shit starts to go down. That's true. Right. Like they know that that is information on it. Like get the disc June. (laughs) Would, would there be an instance where June is left alone in the lab where the scientist is like, Hey, I'm going to take off for the night, but, I, I known you for a while and you're really smart and I want you to succeed. So, you know, hang out, look at the stuff. Yeah. Like, so he, they're in the lab doing something and then Dr. Olander, you need to report to, and he's like, ah, shit. Like I'll, I'll be right back. Yeah. Boom. So like June experiences the first contact, right? Or the, yeah. she hears the signal the first time. Right. And then maybe, maybe she puts the disc in and like records it or something. Right. So like. She's records this signal that they're catching and then it's gone. So she like takes that and that, and she could play it down like nothing happened. No big deal or, yeah. or something. I don't know. Well, and so, and that, that, that's, that sort of speaks to her motive, right? So what would her, what would her motivation be for either stealing the disc or recording the message in the first place? I think that's what I'm trying to get at. I think, I think everything makes perfect sense up until now. So once upon a time, yada, yada, yada. But when she's invited to their radio telescope to SETI, the, the doctor is, the scientist, her mentor figure is called out on an emergency and she's left alone. Mm-hmm. Maybe before he gets called out, he's trying to show her things that she kind of already instinctively knows how to do. And he's like, well, here's the, oh, all right, well, you know how to do that? Or like, oh, you're. Okay, well, you caught on really quick. So she, like, kind of has the confidence to take this floppy disk and, and put it in or, like, oh, I'm going to try this on my own because obviously I'm I'm doing really good. Yeah, I was going to say, to double down on the foil idea, maybe it's it's this – it's the concept of – because I've seen my, my mother who has, like, no mental capability or capacity. Like, I have this quest for knowledge. 
And so it's anything and everything that I can get I'm trying to like solve and do or find. And so we might be doubling back a little bit on resentment and frustrated, but it might be more frustration and just like drive, you know, almost to the point of um, damaging, damaging relationships, you know, like I, I, I want to, so that she's always reading, always doing things, always doing whatever. And so when said opportunity knocks that like signal coming through, she just like takes it. Like, I'm going to figure this out. This is mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. So, but what would cause her to be dishonest with the, well, I mean, unless the doctor never shows back up, right? So he's gone for the night and she, you know, basically he tells her to lock up after you're done, which is the most res- irresponsible thing an adult could possibly do. But I think well, but, they have that relationship. Right. Right. And I mean, it's a, it's a radio telescope. It's not, not like nuclear codes, right? And maybe he can joke about it, like, don't, don't fuck shit up. But I, I trust you. You know what you're doing. Goodbye. Here's the keys. He's not going to give her the keys, but the door will lock behind her. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so again, I completely out of left field, Justin's Mickey Mouse wizard Fantasia thing is starting to make a lot more sense now. <laughs> so... Mickey's essentially left with the hat, right? Like right. that's the that's the inciting incident, and he's very irresponsible with it. And so, in a lot of ways, our June character she's very she's hungry for knowledge, and so she. And and that's our butt, right? Or, well, is it our butt? So she she's she, she, so, uh, sorry. Uh, just, like the doctor leaves her with like a simple task, like. I don't know what to think, but like, is it is she entering just basic information? Is she building something, and then? That's like that's the wizard's hat. Like, that's her cleanup job, right? And then the wizard's hat is the disc. But yeah, um, I like that she has sort of the basic jobs or something to do. Um, and now I'm combining a little bit of maybe, you know, the 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 Marty McFly, how he sort of tinkers around in Doc's space. So maybe she shows up, and maybe she has her own computer discs and things, and they either have games. I don't music. Could you do that back then? I don't know. A song? Yeah, like a song on a floppy <laughs> a, disk. A little MIDI, yeah, MIDI yeah, version yeah, of a song. <laughs> right? You had a bunch of those. But uh, but do you see where I'm going? So perhaps... It perhaps just this, like Guns N' Roses. <laughs> perhaps this first contact comes in and like in sort of her rebellious nature or whatever, she tries to say like, oh, I can just like handle this. And she responds with something that like creates this... So, like, like we... Someone said at the very beginning, we sent out a message that kind of pissed him off and then they came. So maybe, maybe I'm hoping this kind of wraps in a boat. Maybe she's there. Again, we've kind of just established that she's not necessarily like college age. Maybe she's like 17, kind of 18, but she's there like as an internship. And maybe she is like, I do, I do know like when they're in, um, no, I forget the, the, the like telescope stuff, they will like listen for sound effects because there are like just like space sounds and they're recording them. And maybe she's just sitting there, like, this is her internship job. Doctor gets his wife from the gets a call from his wife, needs to go home. Like, hey, you know, you know how to lock up, whatever. He leaves, and then this message comes in. Now, what does she do? Yeah, I was, I was saying she, yeah, what does she do? But so I'm just, I guess I'm wrapping a bow. I'm like, her job is listening for these sounds. Like she's sitting there with her headphones, listening for space sounds. And all of a sudden this weird one comes in. I, I like the idea that, so, so flashing back to an earlier scene, some of, she has an understanding of what Dr. O does. And so she's conducting her own research 
in a very sort of perfunctory way at home, right? And so she takes the disc thinking, okay, I've got this message. I'm going to decode it back at the house, right? I'm going to take it home and I'm going to decode it. And that's the that's where things get kind of horsey because she's she doesn't quite know what she's doing. And that's when she inadvertently sends this – she basically tries to translate something and send it back, but it comes off as threatening. And I think we should know that, and this is kind of for the sake of time, <laughs> that as soon as she sends a message, like three seconds later, she hears like – things going off in the in the in the far distance like well, something should immediately happen yeah or like the, the newscast like the classic she's listening to the radio just like music and all of a sudden like this just in yes. uh spaceships yes. are appearing in these yeah. guys I, I i i like the latter but like maybe it's just just to play up because i like where you're going that it's pretty closely associated pretty tight right so um Maybe like next morning when yeah. she's working in the diner and it's like on the TV and people don't notice Ooh. it at first. You know, it's sort of in the background. Those yeah. messages that you're talking about, the newscasters reporting yeah. on these things, these incidents, the the isolated ones around the, the country. And people are just, well, that's kind of weird. I and need then, more paper. <laughs> then fast, <laughs> um, fast tracking to like the, the fact that then it's like right in my backyard. Not to like – I'm not going back, but I was just like kind of cleaning up something. So like she's – so the doctor leaves – all of a sudden or something, right? And so she's in there by herself. And then she gets this message like right before, like maybe she needs to help her mom take her medicine or something. So that's why she like takes it home with her. So she's not like being dishonest or something. She's just like, I want to take care of this, but I need to go home now because she she now has something, some yeah. reason to go home. So she takes it and finishes it at her house. Yeah. She has a little Casio watch with an alarm set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ta- ta- oh, it's time to rewind the, the, the VHS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There she's got to go home and rewind it. Yeah. yeah. I only have an hour and a half. Because she's, she's smart. She's got she's very routine based and she's got it down to a science. And she spent way too much time at the lab after her shift. So she's got to just dash home and rewind the dirty dancing tape. And it could be, it could be, at that point, has she fudged the response or not yet? Not yet. Okay. No, because, okay. hmm. Never mind. We talked that she does it, like, she takes it home yeah. and does something. She does something at home and then sends it out. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Does she somehow record part of that VHS? Is that, like, in the background while she's, like, saying, like, oh, hey, we're in peace. But, like, that noise might cause them distress. Are you How are the aliens getting this message from her house? Well, because she has this sort of she has this sort of ham radio okay, sort so of a DIY SETI. She's yeah. or she's uh, I don't want to say hacked, but there are definitely ways back then to like ha- goddamn connect her way into like no, I all I can think of SIDS. Um, what is that SETI? Uh, so maybe she has her own like secret hack into SETI to to play these back or something. Yep. Right. So so she's listening to the tape and she's so it's it's almost like a it's almost like a, a an automatic translator so she's using her microphone you know so that old school that beige looking uh a uh, price is right microphone remember that thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. And so she's using that to and the computer is sort of a filter to translate into what she thinks is that language. And the whole time Dirty dancing is happening in the background. And as the audience, we think up until now, it's something that she said. But 
it's actually dirty. Dandy. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I love that. And I think the person that'll help solve that will actually be Doctor O. Yeah. Or will it be her? Will she figure it out? Or so, together? Does he become like this? So I like to think that the the the, the one of the one of the um, I'm I'm struggling for the words, but. So she doesn't know exactly where the doctor is, right? And so she's she realizes that she's over her head, right? Yeah. She's at the diner, shit's going down, and she says, "I have to find the doctor." She she hightails it to the radio telescope to SETI. The doctor's not around, right? Doctor so, is out. Yeah, because he. I mean, again, he went home for an emergency, right? So like, he could be kind of anywhere. We don't know what happened on his side of things. But she knows the doctor can fix things. She can, the doctor can set it right. And so it's kind of weird because it's a lot like science in the sense that there really isn't a huge confrontation with the larger invasion. There aren't fighter jets and stuff flying around. It's the invasion's happening, but the focus is still relatively macro. Mm-hmm. I mean, this or enti- micro. Yeah, I mean, this whole time is like that stress of like it's her fault. Right. So, like, she's like, she doesn't want to, you know, announce it or anything like that. And, like, the only person she'll tell is the doctor. And so she needs to tell him before anything can kind of progress fixing it wise. You guys, this movie is really good. (laughs) Aaron would totally see this movie. I'm going to go home and write it. All right. Is this this a date movie? So, every date. So, she's like gone to SETI. Doctor's not there. And she's hearing now, like, massive signals of the same variety coming through everywhere. And so she knows this isn't just like the one incident that happened. It's like everywhere. Right. Right. So by, by the fact she's in there and it's just like hammering through and her immediate instinct is like, I I need to get home. Does she like cruise home to mom? Like safety of home? Like where becomes sort of our, where becomes this, um, the, I don't know where, where, where like does any, does any shit go down? Does she encounter an alien? Well, and so that's what I'm, I'm kind of like teetering with. Like, we need the doctor to basically listen to her message and discover the background sound. Right? Is that because like if well, he fixes it? Y- yes. Yes. Or it it could be it could be sort of the we've referenced signs a few times, but it could be just like the the accidental incident. I mean, it's sort of not really accidental in that. He says, like, swing for the fences. There's water all over the freaking house. But, yeah. like, it could be that that um, she gets home, the the VHS is off because she, like, she, you know, she was freaking out. She went to there and she's cruising around at SETI for a while too long. Cassio's going off. There could even be some sort of maybe, like, mini if they do encounter, if she does encounter them there. Right. So it's, like, something that st- stalls her. Like, I've encountered a problem which stalls me from getting home. Are you following me? So then, like, yeah. by the time I get home... VHS is off. Mom's freaking out. Mom's like yelling all sorts of crazy stuff that we might be getting some information that she knows what's going on. And then there's like aliens there and she gets the VHS turned back on and their heads blow up. I don't know. (laughs) That's what I was like thinking. Like, is there is there a scene where June is scared because there's an alien in the house and her mom like doesn't give two shits because she's trying to put her VHS tape in. And as soon as, like, it plays, like, the alien, like, freaks out. I like this idea that there's a little bit of a, a, an interlude with, I have to find the doctor. He can set this, this stuff right. Mm-hmm. However, how she finds him or where she finds him is TB- TBD. But 
eventually she does find him and then she realizes, oh my God, I need to check on mom. And so her and the doctor cruise home and that's when they encounter aliens. And just when they're, just when they're cornered, they're, you know, they're, they're in a pinch, mom miraculously gets off the chair and pops in the VHS. Yeah. So there's an alien in the room? Yeah. And their presence makes her well? Is that- no. <laughs> no, I think we just, the audience nor June had been giving mom enough credit. Or, yeah. yeah, possibly. I gotta know. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sorry. No, no. It's all right. No, I haven't eaten dinner. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're all sort of saying the same thing. At some point, mom, someone gets that DVD or VHS tape. Someone has to say, hand me the Dirty Dancing VHS yeah. tape. Maybe Ooh. this mom, like, lucid for, like, one moment. She's just, like, everybody's yeah. freaking out, and she just, like, turns and does that creepy. Yeah. Mom, yeah. mom, hand me the Dirty Dancing VHS tape. So, Oh, okay. So I was it, thinking the mom, the mom said says it. it. Oh, interesting. So like, you know, moment of they're like holding the door, barricading it, mm-hmm. and June's freaking out. And this is sort of that moment for her where it's like she's she's always been sort of the tough girl, right? So this is the I can do everything on my own. I don't need my mom. I take care of mom. And mom just like walks up and very calmly drops the line yeah. in a very like yeah. creepy, um, creepy and manner. She, pu- she puts it in. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like her, I don't know. Like I don't know. There, uh, like just because I, I had something. So, so is there is there a scene where she goes to SETI? Her and the doctor are listening to like the incoming message. They're also listening to her outgoing message, and you can hear that in the background, but it's just unintelligible enough that no one quite knows what it is. Like even as the audience, maybe you're like, what is that? Like it sounds and, she, and like even June's like it sounds so familiar, and then later in the house something's going on, and the mom wants the VHS tape in. And the mom starts singing the song, and then that's when it clicks, hopefully, to June, and then hopefully the audience are like, that song that the mom is singing is in Dirty Dancing. And she goes, like, holy shit, hand me that VHS tape of Dirty yeah. Dancing. And mm-hmm. then that's when, like, yeah. June puts it in because she connects all the dots. Right. It's still, like, the mom kind of, like, saving the day, but she's still sitting in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm i indifferent to whoever gets the thing yeah. in there. The I, I do like the, you know, the sort of the quintessential, like my, the swapping of the values, right? Which is, mm. she yeah. creates that, you know, the, the all, the drama. Right. Because up, up until now, she, meaning. she has, I mean, she's been under the impression that I'm just, it's a, it's a fact of nature. I'm just more intelligent than my mom because she's suffering from this disease. I'm the mom. Right. Like I'm the mom in this relationship. And so there's a role reversal there that's really cool. Right. I think that. I think that creates yeah. meaning with like at the end of it, it's like I need help from my mom and she's there, right, type of deal, which mm-hmm. is, I don't know, my, I don't know. No, I do, I do like that though too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll fix it in post. Yeah, right. I don't really know where we, where we landed, but. I think the at last should just be like constant worldwide stream of – uh, time in time of your life over speakers. Yeah, like over nonstop. Like, over like what they usually play, like the the um, tornado. Yep. Yeah. Well, was that ever? Uh, was that ever on the Billboard charts as like number one? Maybe we, maybe I'm... we do an alternate history thing where, and on the number one charts is the time yeah. of my life. 
Yeah. <laughs> can we? Can we? America's favorite song. Can we just have or like, the world's favorite song? Rather. Can we have a John Cusack cameo holding the boombox over his head? Mm-hmm. Will, that, will that fit here? <laughs> yes. And I also think that there should be like. I mean, it's like a glorious thing that like this thing kept the earth from being overtaken so like there's like billboards of patrick swayze and jennifer gray you know and it's like maybe there's a um dirty dancing day you know like every whatever june 20th just that's like a little birthday. just a little epilogue yeah just, so yeah. so one thing one one as we as we wrap up does yep. dirty dancing kill the aliens or does it make them super nice and they want to dance with people <laughs> At first, I was like, no, of course, it's the first. Depends, Both? Depends what kind of movie we're making. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of just go with the first. Like, Their like, heads blow up. It, at least drives them off. Like, it's it's so, like, screeching that they can't stand it, but. Yeah, Is anyone something. a Buffy fan? I, I need to be, but. No one's a Buffy fan. Well, there's an episode where a, a demon uh, takes over the town of Sunnydale and what happens, it's the musical episode of Buffy, if you're familiar with it. And what happens is people break out in song and dance uh, until they um, are dancing so hard that they just burn up and die. <laughs> so maybe that's what happens to the aliens is they <laughs> they hear the song and they just start dancing. <laughs> you can know what I'm saying. You can know but. It was, no. I think it was, it was just it, a, it is, was it, a, is, it, is their feet burn off and they just know? Yeah. No and. No and. <laughs> It was just a question. Do we want them to die or do we want them to? I want them to die. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. All right. That's because there is that fun juxtaposition. Time of my life. Aliens yeah. heads blowing up. Mm-hmm. 20 years from now, we can just replace all the guns with walkie talkies and make the aliens dance later. <laughs> cool. Dance for me. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So traditionally what we do is we do a collective fade to black okay. in the movie. You hate the you hate I the fade to black. Hate the fade to black. Are you killing the it. fade to black? We you don't all, have to participate. We all say it at the same time. Is yep. that what yeah. Yep. All right. And fade, fade to, to black. black. <laughs> I didn't do it. Just <laughs> was that the last thing? No, we actually have, we, yeah we need to think of a title. So what would we call this film? Because it's also going to be the title for the episode. I mean, so mm. the first one is uh, was the time of my life, but. I suggested Kid Genius earlier in the night, but perhaps that's not relevant now. It's always the hardest thing for me. Is it Dirty Invasion? Ooh. This is the most exciting one so far. Yeah. Though. I feel like the title could have something about audio or music or signals or... Yeah. What's Mi- that? Mixed signals. What's that song? Mixed signals. Audio. Dirty signals. Or, dirty signals. Does that no, give it it's away? Video Killed the DJ in mine. Video Killed the Radio Star? Yeah, that's the one, but... Mixed signals. Ooh, I do like that. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Because mm-hmm. there's like a lot of flip-flop and there's, you know, yeah. the relationship between the mom and then there's the obvious, mm-hmm. the, the, the literal signal. and Right. And I do think, I mean, yeah, I I know you. there's like the versions as you go forward. And I mean, I don't know. I like this. Like Dr. O could play a little bit of like a dad figure. Oh, yeah. you know? we never talked about our dad, so. No, right. I mean, yeah. he, well, he's, he died. He, he, he left. He so I guess I was just thinking this too. Like, is, so the mom, quote unquote, got abducted. No one believed her, of course. But that's when like where her like she started her mental stuff. Oh, and then shit. the dad like left yeah. shortly after because he couldn't stand it. Yeah. He's For editing dad. purposes, I'm going to put that in the front. OK. <laughs> nice. OK. <laughs> I like that. So he's gone. Got it. June. June's the solo. All right. I like it. 
We hope you enjoyed the third episode of the Story Machine 9000. If you have any suggestions uh, about what our aliens look like, because we know that's the first thing that you think of leading into any alien or monster movie, is what the hell do these things look like? Please email us at storymachine9000 at gmail.com. Or hit us up on Twitter at storymachine9k. Our logo design was by David Padgett, music by Dave Ailing, and editing was done by Joshua Lytle. We'll see you next time.